We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. Welcome to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, Ed Meyer. And good evening and welcome to Winning Ponies. I'm your host, Ed Meyer. And I'm happy to be talking horses with you this evening, Thursday. A couple days for the weekend. Prep every weekend from here to the Run for the Roses. Got to love that. That means quality racing abound. Place to hook that up would be Winning Ponies. They are rolling right along. Over $1.1 million in exotic prediction payouts. It's pretty, pretty nice. Pretty sweet. $1.1 million in exotic payouts to date. It is just March, March 3rd. The day is still allowed to grow. There are races being conducted. Who knows what it's going to be? Easy to use, color-coded tiers, handy icons I like for handicapping reminders. How many times we've often forgot, you know, uh, three off of a layoff or or dropping in class or first-time LASIX. All the little handy, handy handy-dandy icons there. And the new addition this year, in-depth jock trainer data for getting a better view of the race. They say the numbers don't lie. The way that we possibly predict the future of racing. And it also helps get a fuller view of the race. Economic, easy to use, and very effective. Check us out. Stop gambling and start winning. Winningponies.com. www.winningponies.com. Check it out for yourself. I can speak to them blue in the face, but you got to check it out and feel it for yourself and say, hey, this is for me. What's on the agenda for tonight? We're going to do a recap of last weekend, get you all caught up to speed. A couple nice races. Hate to say it, my box of hammer races, the one I said blow it all on. He ran the exact same race. They were three at the wire. He was third, lost the race by a head. Exact race. Lay Peru, Kent Sorman, didn't matter, but hey, no crying, honest effort, and to get beat by a head and closing like gangbusters. It is what it is. And they hammered him at the window, so I don't think it was just my couple of bucks. We got a recap of last week. We're going to talk about some biggins. Hopefully you were aboard. And then I'd like to give a little story out of that. You know, kind of a historical buff. Great sight to peruse over is Collins Ghost. Collins Ghost blog. I really like that. It kind of gives a little historical perspective of what's going on. Joining us this week is our special guest, his Hall of Fame trainer, from California, Richard Mandela. Going to be joining us in segment number two. Seems to be a very, very nice guy. 
And I'm going to tell you what, he's hard to squab with at the window. 20% of winner this year, 51% in the money. They say the numbers speak for themselves. They do for the Mandela barn. We're going to be joining Mr. Mandela in segment number two. Stay tuned for that. That's going to be a lot of fun. Then we're going to do some news from the world of racing and final furlong handicapping. And then after that, I'll probably watch a few races on TVG. See what's happening. See what's going on. So I'm going to get us all caught up to speed here. We're going to do a little recap of last week so we can kind of jump in to this week. Got to, got to put a pass this. The Fasig Tipton Fountain Youth Grade 2 of Gulfstream, 400000 bucks. Mile and eight for three-year-olds. Winner is sold at. Sold at by Warfront, trained by Karen McLaughlin, written by Alan Garcia, wins by two solid links over Gourmet Dinner and to honor and serve. Who is using the race as a lukewarm prep, I believe. They really weren't pressed to win the race. Sold at. How impressive. Running everything but broken glass and blacktop. Impressive, but I'm going to say that the fractions weren't all that hot. We'll soon see. Sold at. Carry on. The Devonadale, grade two of Gulfstream, $250,000 up for grass one mile, three-year-olds. Our Heat Lightning. I was in love with this filly on Breeders' Cup Day. Our Heat Lightning just did not strike the ground. Johnny Velasquez, Todd Pletcher, wins by a beautiful margin over seven lengths. Dancing in her dreams, the gray filly by Tappet came rolling. Lepru and John Ward, but our Heat Lightning, ultra impressive in the Devonadale. The Hutchinson Stakes, grade two at Gulfstream, 150,000 upper grabs, going seven panels. Winner, Flashpoint. Flashpoint, uh, Cornelia Velasquez for Richard Dutra wins by better than seven over the heavily bet traveling man, Hutchinson. Or, excuse me, uh, the Hutchinson produced Flashpoint, which now this gray roan colt is by Pomeroy is on the scene. Flashpoint in a big way. Borderland Derby, Sunland Park, $100,000 up for grabs. Going to mile 16th for three-year-olds. Fusa Code. Justin Shepard and Steve Asmusa went about three parts of length. Did see the race on the replay. Very nice. The Valentine Dancer, Santa Anita. It was a mile for four-year-olds. Ultra Blend, Joel Rosario and Art Sherman hook up. The Stymie Stakes at Aqueduct. They were going a mile and an eighth. Gumbada Guska, Joel, or excuse me, that'd be Jose Valdivia for Scott Volkwins by a half a length. The Sarah Lane's Oats, and, and that was by Leventost, and that is Sean Brishmahan and Wesley Hawley winning by a nose there. The Gentilly Sticks at Fairgrounds, Man of Strife with Rosie Napravnik in the house winning by a dirty nick. The Alan Lacombe Memorial, the Black Cat himself. Race named after mile 16th on the weeds. Winner, upper line, Rosie Napravnik, Mike Stidham. My big closing horse there, Lovner, Category 7, loves the oval. Richard Aramia ran second, uh, but made a beautiful move, but it was way on the outside. Miracle Wood at Laurel, and that goes to J.J.'s lucky train, Jose Ferrar. Wins by a dirty neck, and dirty neck seems to be all over the place. Telling you what, Mom would tell you to wash up with that dirty neck. The Rainbow Stakes at Oakland Park, 50000 bucks up for grabs. Rattlesnake Holler. Eddie Razzo and the other Danny Witted wins by a dirty head. Very nice indeed. The Wayward Lance at Tampa Bay on mile on the 16th. Corrigus is the winner. Leander Gonsalves for Tony Reinstetler. Three parts of a link. See, we're shaking it up now. The Valdale Turfway Park, 
Harlan's Ruby was the winner by a length and a half. Perry Hughes for Kenny McPeak. Kenny McPeak been having a very nice payday everywhere he goes as of late. And then we're going to do the biggins here. We're going to jump out Friday, February 25th. There was 84 total biggins leading the pack. Hawthorne, $4,653.60. Then we go to Saturday, February 26th, 78 total biggins. Beulah Park, Bouncing Beulah races three through eight. Yep, that's the Rainbow Six, $5,642.30. Sunday, February 27th, 81 total biggins. Fairgrounds, race 10, Superfecta Box. Please sit down. $41,803 even. Monday, February 28, 33 total biggins. Portland Meadows race seven, a superfecta key, 2008-89-80. That's fair dinkum. Tuesday, March 1st, 37 total biggins. Winter turf paradise of the day, race number eight, superfecta key, 1,568. 40, Wednesday, March 2nd, 43 total biggins. Delta Downs in race one, 5,517.40 for a superfecta. And Thursday, March 3rd, that's today, 22 total biggins because the action is still ongoing. Leading the pack thus far is Golden Gate in race five with a super high five box, $1,035.40. So that's pretty good action there indeed. I, I'm very, uh, very pleased with that. Stake schedule this weekend if you're planning ahead. This Saturday, March 5th, Santa Anita, there's the Santa Anita Handicap, a grade one for $750,000. The Aqueduct Gotham, Grade 3 event. Santa Anita Oaks, Grade 1 event. Santa Anita, the Frankie Kilro Mile, Grade 1 event. At Aqueduct, the Tom Fool Stakes, Grade 3 in the house. And then we go to Gulfstream, the Honey Fox Stakes, Grade 3. Turfway Park has the John Battaglia Memorial, named for the father of Mike Battaglia, longtime announcer and one of racing's good guys. Laurel has the Wide Country Stakes. Aqueduct has the Broadway Stakes. We have Mr. Richard Mandel on hold. We're going to be jumping out to him shortly, and I think you're going to want to stay tuned for that. It's going to be a whole lot of fun there. Aqueduct, the Fred Cabby Capacella Stakes. I believe he used to say, the horses have reached the starting gate, they're at the post. Something like that. I could butcher up a stake. Oaklawn, the Mountain Valley Stakes. Very nice. Fairgrounds has the Grindstone. Tampa Bay, the Challenger Stakes. Bonner Park, they got the bold accent for 10 thousand dollars that's this saturday that is your stake schedule so you can plan ahead it's always fun to go to the races and what i was telling you about was collins ghost it's one of my favorite thoroughbred blogs and it's historical in nature we got about four minutes here i'll try to encapsulate it here talks about citation beating in the big cap 1950 this weekend santa anita park in arcadia california hosts the santa anita handicap one of the most prestigious races in the united states the race is full of historic winners, but this week he thought he'd take a look at the greatest horse to ever finish second in California's biggest prize for older horses. The Great Citation, 19 of his 20 races as a three-year-old, including a triple crown sweep in 48, had a near-perfect record as a two-year-old winning nine of ten. Very impressive. Injured late in his three-year-old season, instead of being sent to study Calumet Farms, he sat out the entire 1949 season and returned to the races in California as a five-year-old. Here's how Phil George Jeff, I believe longtime race caller in Chicago, uh, now that I can do. When he used to say when they were coming around the turn, here they come spinning out of the turn. Phil George Jeff, one of the great voices of racing. But it was in his book about citation in a class by himself. 
quoting Mr. George F., the Grand Warrior was five years old, still harbored scars of injury. He convalesced 10 months before his trainer, Jimmy Jones, finally acceded to the Calumet owner, Warren Wright, who had a relentless obsession to citation needed to go back to racing. I think the rule with them is listen to the trainer. That's what you pay them for. But, hey, this is history. It's a good story. Wright's obsession was a citation with a first million-dollar horse, big-time pickings then. His career earnings stood at $865,150 after his stellar seasons at two and three. Very impressive. According to Ben Jones, when Citation returned to the track in 1950, he wasn't totally sound. And he told this to Phil George F., and he was really not that fit to begin the big-time racing. Once again, we need to listen to the people we pay. I mean, you know, why fix the car ourselves if we're paying someone else? I think we should leave it to the professionals. He should have stayed on the farm with the mares as the next logical stage of his life as a sire. Now, for myself, I find this very interesting. I thought that he was, you know, as sound as a dollar, if that's possible now. In spite of the apprehension of his trainer, Citation made his five-year-old debut in a six-furlong allowance race at Santa Anita. He finished first for his seventh straight win, a winning streak that began at Harvard de Gras, Maryland, April 1948, and set the standard for modern thoroughbreds. He returned a week later to Santa Anita in the handicap, carrying 130 pounds. He lost to a horse named, I hope I don't butcher this one, I believe it is Mishi, or Mish, who carried 15 less pounds. That's the important part. Then two weeks later, he lost again, marking the first time in his life that he lost two straight races. This time he was beaten by Calumet stablemate and 49 Derby winner, Ponder. You know, I, I've heard so much about citation. And when, when I, I ran across this on Collins Ghost, and, and I would say make this part of your weekly, weekly thoroughbred uh, historical uh, reading. It's always a lot of fun. And, you know, the thing that kind of got me is how the Pittsburgh Press previewed the race in the morning, uh, February uh, 25th, 1950. Uh, the eyes of the turf world were fixed on citation in the $100,000 sanity and handicap. Think of the money there. Well, it is time to head into our break, and when we return, we're going to be talking with one Mr. Richard Mandela. But you're only going to get it if you stay tuned for more Winning Ponies. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of Horse Stradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. 
It's all Arizona, all over the world. If you're a local Arizona high school sports fan or if you're a transplanted fan somewhere else in the world, have we got a show for you. The first Internet sports radio talk show focusing solely on high school sports is The Coach's Corner with Scott Lovely. Tune in to talk about your favorite teams, players, or coaches. It's 100% Arizona high school sports coverage and a little bit more. Tune in Mondays at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern to the Voice America Sports Channel. We some hard hitters. We some hard hitters. Hard hitting radio is a new kind of sports and entertainment show. Your hosts are NFL veterans Mark McMillan and co-host Byron Evans. It's an hour of hater-free radio every week. You'll hear interviews with top athletes, celebrities, coaches, and fans. It's humor, hits, and conversation. Hard hitting radio is on with McMillan and Evans. Listen Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. And welcome back to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer. Thank you for taking your time to be with us. Each and every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, depending on what side of the coast you live on. Love to talk about the sport of kings. And during segment number two, that's where we have our special guest of the week. This week, definitely no different in winning ponies. Is honored and pleased to chat with Hall of Fame trainer, Mr. Dick Mandela. Dick, are you there? Yeah, good afternoon. <laughs> good afternoon, good evening, and, and thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. I know it started early for you because I left a message and I angered somebody. I just wanted to give you a little heads up there. <laughs> right. <laughs> you, you faced worse, I, I'm sure. Uh, Dick, uh, first time joining us, and uh, once again, thank you. Uh, son of a blacksmith, and, and I know hard work and racing couldn't be far away from a, a blacksmith. Uh, how did you find yourself, uh, you know, making your way into becoming a professional trainer? Well, my father, like you say, was a blacksmith, but he had a little ranch where we, where we broke and trained a few horses and bred a few. Uh, just a little nine-acre ranch, a small one in California. So I grew up doing a lot of different things. And at 16, uh, I was hired as an exercise rider at Three Rings Ranch, which was one of the big farms in California at the time. Uh, so I worked there for five and a half years and, and then for Farrell Jones at his farm for a year. And then... Uh, hired on with Lefty Nickerson in New York to be an assistant for a little over a year. Well, that's qu- that's quite the resume. When you said you were working with your father, was it uh, thoroughbreds or quarters? Everything: thoroughbreds, quarter horses, Appaloosas, <laughs> uh, you know, race horses. Sometimes we'd get horses that couldn't run. We'd train them to be saddle horses, roping horses, kind of thing, and. So it was, a, it was a nice combination of a lot of different things. He, he sounded like quite the horseman in his own right. Uh, 
did he teach you a lot of patience and old uh, old fashioned horsemanship, or did he have a, a quiet method to his madness? No, just good solid basic horsemanship, and that that year in year out will hold you up pretty good. I I think it's held you up fairly decent. I, you know, I'm just, I'm going to give you the half a check mark as the teacher used to give me in the corner. 1996 and 98, you had six straight million-dollar victories, and you've made it to the Derby, I believe, six times, if not more. Correct me if I'm wrong at any time. Did you ever see this or envision this in your future when you, you first took out your license? Uh, I really didn't. You know, I, I <clears throat> when I was younger, I wanted to be a jockey. And at about 15, I outgrew that job. <laughs> and automatically, the only other job in the world I could do would be training a horse. So uh, there wasn't much question of where I was going. But my dream was to just have a nice shed row with some brown and white M webbings on them and, and have some horses that could make a living. So I've, I've done more than I ever dreamed I would have. Uh, I I would say you've done quite a bit and affected many people in the game. Uh, you're winning 20% this year, 51% of the money. They say the numbers don't lie. They're, those are very solid numbers. How many head do you have right now? Uh, I've actually <clears throat> cut my barn down. Uh, I've usually kept 60, 65 between Santa Anita and Hollywood Park, and I've actually cut it down to one barn of 38 at Santa Anita. Wow. <laughs> That's still... Still a whole lot of work, and the stretches are pretty thin. Not not too many vacations on your docket, I take. No, not too many. <laughs> Horses are funny like that. They're uh, they're seven days a week, and it's funny they need to be fed and cared for like a child, don't they? That's right. <laughs> Breeders' Cup 2003. It's a year that I'm never going to forget. Uh, one for you, I know you're never going to forget. You had four victories in the Breeders' Cup. I'm I'm. You know, I guess records are meant to be broken, but I think that one's going to stand uh, stand up and, and hold water for quite a while. Pleasantly perfect, Johar, half-bridled in action this day. Uh, is there any way you could put into words, basically, what this day was for you as a horseman? Uh, it was, you know, hard to describe what a great day it was. Uh, it actually didn't really hit me until, you know, a, you know, a little a little time later after it all kind of sunk in, but that day we we ran eight horses and we were pretty busy all day. Uh, so just going back and forth and one to another, uh, you know, it didn't really hit, like I say, until, you know, time after it started sinking in and thinking about it. And I'm hoping when I get old and tired, I get a lot of enjoyment out of thinking of it. <laughs> I wasn't even leaning. Don't even hang up this phone, sir. I wasn't even leading there. I just said, wow, what a day. And I remember you held it with such uh, eloquence and grace. And it, it just looked like, you know, you were just meant to, uh, the day was yours. And it was it was a whole lot of fun and, and one that I, I'll remember forever. In 2006, now I, I read this. Now, correct me if I'm wrong on this whatsoever. In 2006, you showed another side of your talents writing an introduction to the Santa Anita Morning Rhapsody. Say what? Did you do any writing as an introduction, a writing? Because I was reading about something called the Santa Anita Morning Rhapsody. Oh, no. I, I, um, there was a gal that wrote uh, that book and asked me to read it, and, and I wrote a... Uh, introduction? Introduction, yeah, right. That's mm -hmm. what 
that's what I was kind of alluding to there. With, uh, don't, with that. don't overestimate my ability. <laughs> no, I, I was going to kind of say, wow, what a jack of all trades, horseman and rider. And but I mean, just writing the introduction to that, uh, you know, did you did you have an opportunity to to tell? Because I, I've never had the uh, the the uh, the time to to actually take a peek at the read. Was there ever a chance that you could have ever shed some light on the beauty and the pageantry of our sport? Uh, ask that again. I didn't, I didn't quite get what you meant there. Well, I mean, did you were you able to show how beautiful uh, racing truly is? It surely is. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's not hard to describe that every day, particularly at Santa Anita when you walk out and those mountains are sticking out and the beautiful sun rises that come up as the horses train every morning. It's it's uh, it's not hard to get much imagination going. I've only been there once for the Breeders' Cup. I have to say it was one of the most picturesque tracks that I've ever seen in my life. And, and I was just, it was just, there was so much history and it was rich. And it was so much different than I thought. It was beautifully clean, yet old, but yet new. And it was just full of energy. And what a day for the Breeders' Cup. And, and Dick, as a trainer, do you feel like you have an edge, uh, uh, two-year-olds, babies, uh, fillies, turfers, layoff runners, or, or is it just patience, hard work, and horse flesh for you? Uh, you just take them one at a time, uh, and you have to have patience. There's no question about that. Um, and you just hope for the good ones to come along. When uh, about this time every year, Derby fever is really kind of catching a lot of people's uh, mind. Does that ever enter in for you as a, as a trainer? Or are you fixated with that, or do you just take it if it comes, or if not? Well, a lot of people in the industry get Derby fever. I tend to just catch a cold. <laughs> it's probably a little less stressful and. Uh, but uh, you also... Uh, I've, got to, I've got to interrupt you. You mentioned that I made six trips to the Kentucky Derby. Yes. I have to tell the public I have, I've never paid my hotel bill yet. So <laughs> so should the Gold House start looking for you now? <laughs> well, I mean, I've never made enough money to pay it. <laughs> oh, I'm, so, I'm sorry. Hey. I, I thought you uh, you walked out on the bill. You, you were no, I didn't cheat anybody. I took money with me, but <laughs> I've, I've never done well enough to pay a bill. <laughs> But what a what a day it truly is! I mean, uh, when they play my old Kentucky home, is there a dry eye? No matter on which side, if you're on the the paddock side or you're out there with the grandstand, I, I don't think there's a dry eye in the place. Yeah, it's pretty special. I, I'd like to try the the end of winning, but I haven't found it yet. Uh, the, the the operative word there is yet. You know, the the derby picture it takes shape, and it seems like every passing Saturday it muddles up a bit. Uh, has anyone caught your eye on the on the big uh, picture or screen, or, uh, or or are you just pretty pretty too much busy with your own barn? Uh, pretty much busy with my own, but that horse Uncle Mo that uh, that won the Breeders' Cup looked like a pretty special horse. I don't know that he's run back yet this year. No, he has not. Actually, they're 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 actually kind of coming along and. Fletcher's hand looks uh, strong. Bob Baffert's hand looks strong, and then there, there's a there's a bevy of others that just bring uh, some hardworking Colts uh, to the game. But uh, you know, at this point, there's real no definitive runner until we actually get to see Uncle Mo. And what what an impressive Breeders' Cup that was at Churchill Downs. Uh, uh, Todd Pletcher looks like each and every year. He just uh, for what D. Wayne Lucas was 15 to 20 years ago, Todd Pletcher is. 
now as far as bringing in these stingers, and man, they any of them can take off and win. Yeah. And that that is that's a testament to his barn and to his many wonderful owners that actually uh, put on the game, and uh, he does quite a bit. Uh, th- talking about quite a bit, this Saturday at Santa Anita is a very busy day. The Clockers Corner, little uh, runner by the name of Linda Liu is trained by you, Frank Kilrow e, Frank E Kilrow Mile times gone by, and the Santa Anita handicap Seth Suko. You got a busy day in your own right. Uh, eat your Wheaties and uh, and remember to comb your hair and brush your teeth. I think you're going to be uh, having some nice shots here. Uh, you know, albeit there there's some pressing competition. Yeah, there, you know, I'm taking some outside shots. Uh, horse set Suko's in the in the handicap, and I wasn't really thinking of going there after his first two races here at Santa Anita this winter, but. Uh, we found him after his last race to have a lot of mucus and stuff uh, bothering him, and we treated it with antibiotics. And it really turned him around. His last couple works are just fabulous. I would, I wish I had time to to run him an allowance race and hope to win that, and then go on to the handicap. But we don't have that time, and and you know, in my mind, you can't win it if you're not in it. So we're, we've got him in there to give it a try. Well, that's why they run the races, and just not on paper. And, and how true, uh, true of a statement that that, that really is. With uh, with the idea of a, of a prep, do you uh, do you feel uh, just a little bit lighter coming in, and or it, it, do you think it's it, it would have taken it would have taken a great deal of an, an A game effort per se that uh, that Suzuko has to bring an A game effort against this field? Oh, absolutely. He's never. You know, he's proven to be in this company, but, you know, he's been second in the Santa Anita Derby and the Sham Stake last year. Um, I believe if you're going to pick his best race, a mile and a quarter on the dirt should be it. Um, You know, whether he's good enough to beat a horse like Twirling Candy, we still don't quite know, but we're going to try and find out Saturday. Twirling Candy, Soul Sandy, Setsuko, they're going to do battle with, wow, there is 11 in the field. It is quite quite a, an address field. There, anybody can actually win uh, from a fan's perspective. Dick, do you see a lot of history with this race, or, or is it just another, uh, another hard obstacle that you prepare for and bring your runner for, or, or do you see a lot of the historical perspective from this? No, it's always special to me. As, you know, I've you know, loved racing since I'm a little kid, and the Sandy to Handicap was always one of the days of the year that you waited to to uh, watch what happens, and and it still means a lot to me. As I was uh, chatting about earlier, uh, wonderful story uh, in Collins Ghost about Citation, and uh, real I, I I'm a history buff, and I, I absolutely love that, but I, I couldn't see how it how it would uh, escape you from a moment like that to be saddling there and at a track you've had so much success. And with success, uh, you've had some wonderful assistants over the years, Dan Hendricks, Chris Baker, Bo Greeley, Mike Mikowski, and your son Gary, who's done both sides of racing as a TVG analyst and a successful trainer. Has this been your backbone to your success at the Winter Circle? Absolutely. We've had a a long list of good people work for us. And uh, my assistant now is Angel Vega, who's been with me for about 25 years and, and worked his way up to that position and was the foreman for most of those assistants. Uh, but I couldn't be more proud of him or any of the young guys that worked for me. 
Uh, forgive me, Mr. Vega, did not mean to leave you out of that list of uh, who's who there. And uh, I'm sure for a 25-year relationship, there has to be quite a deal of trust. And uh, it's almost like a right and left hand almost. Absolutely, yeah. A question that may pop up on Jeopardy. Uh, who was the trainer that gave Lafitte Pinkai a leg up to break Bill Shoemaker's record? Yeah, Dick Mandela. <laughs> Dick Mandela with Irish Nip at Hollywood Park breaks 8,334 wins. I mean, that had to be really neat for uh, Pinkai. That was fun. That poor horse thought he won the Kentucky Derby, all the champagne going off and <laughs> and noises around him. He didn't know what to think. <laughs> Irish Nip, and for me, I, I guess that's a sign when you're getting a bit older. It just seems like yesterday yeah. but when he actually did that feat. And, uh, you know, California racing, to me, it's it's always been a great pleasure. I, I've always enjoyed it. And even when, uh, you know, I'm from Kentucky. Now, a lot of Kentucky folk, they, they're, they're spoiled with Keeneland and Churchill and, uh, and Turfway Park to, uh, to the, the little sister degree of those two. And then there's New York and Florida, of course. But California has always been a great pleasure for me as a, as a fan, handicapper. What are your feelings personally on switching from poly track to dirt? Well, I'm I'm actually happy enough with the dirt that's there. I was a proponent of synthetics. Uh and I'll just give you a quick reason why. Uh dirt tracks are what they are and there's plenty of history and experimenting has been done and my in my opinion the chance of creating a synthetic track uh gave gave a window of opportunity to maybe improve the the safety of a racetrack and have it consistent every day. Um, as everybody knows and has read, uh, they weren't as foolproof as we were sold the bill of goods that they were, but I still think that there's a great chance out there to continue to work with them and eventually come up with a, a track better than we've seen uh, in any of the dirts that we have seen. You know, there, there are so many varieties. There's uh, Tapita, there's Pro-Ride, there's, uh, there's Polytrack. I mean, there, there are so many, and, 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 and in my opinion, and it's just a crazy opinion that when California made the rush to its synthetic surfaces, now, in, in my opinion, once again, I, I live in the northern Kentucky area, and there's tracks that race wintertime racing. I felt that it was conducive because of the freeze-thaw uh, area in, in the ring of weather. But in California, when they, when they all went to synthetic, I, had, I really scratched my head and was like, wow, that's, it's such a great cost undertaking. It was, and, and uh, I guess, you know, with the history behind it, you could say it was probably premature, but uh, with, with not enough proving in the product. But uh, it was done... I'm hoping people continue to try them because I think there is a chance to improve the game with them. In fact, they've done it overseas. Keeneland actually uh, has it. I'm sure that uh, we'll, we'll see a charge or two uh, from the Mandela Barn uh, making the way down to Keeneland. They, they have a very nice surface indeed. And 
I, I think for certain tracks, in my opinion, just for weather-related, I think it's super safe because you just don't want those dirt clods coming up, especially in the uh, the winter racing climate. Dick, it is time for our final four questions, and then we'll turn you loose, let you go, and thank you once again. It's just like Jeopardy without all the money. Are you ready to answer these? They're, they're four, they're real easy, and they're usually answered with yep, no, or whatever you like to say. I hope they're easy. <laughs> I make them for myself, so I know that you'll, you'll find them very easy. Question number one. Of all of the tracks you saddle, which is your favorite? Of all the what? Of all the tracks that you saddle at. Uh, couldn't say I've had a favorite. You know, Santa Anita and Del Mar are really, uh, you know, our favorites of, of being at home. Um, and each one's different, so it's hard to pick one over the other. Uh, Santa Anita. Oh, we got him there. I, I found it very picturesque and beautiful, but I've heard so many wonderful things about Del Mar. It's, it's definitely on my bucket list of tracks to visit, and uh, hopefully I'll get there sooner rather than later. Question number two, you get a well-deserved day off for once. Now, this is hypothetical probably. Where do we find you, if at all, and if we can find you, what will we find Dick Mandela doing? Taking a nap. Taking a, a well-deserved nap. I, I had a dollar bet. I thought it might be the golf course, or uh, or you, you might be uh, you might might be uh, you know just just laying it with your feet up. But taking a nap, fair enough. A uh, hardworking man's uh, uh, you know advice. It's it's very nice. But uh, hopefully you get more than uh, not. Question number three: If you could give advice to folks entering the game as owners, what would it be? Uh, I'd give this advice to a few people that, that uh, came into the business as, as owners, and that is to mix around and visit trainers. There is no rocket science in training. You know, most of us do. If you give a good horse to several good trainers, he's going to do probably as well in each barn. Uh, you know, some of us have a little bit of this or a little bit of that that we do special, but uh basically a good trainer is a good trainer honesty in my eye in my mind is is utmost and the first thing to look for and i'd say if you're thinking about having horses wander around the back stretch that you're going to be involved in uh visit trainers and get to know them and find somebody you're comfortable with I think uh, words to live by, especially you're you're entering into a relationship of sorts, and uh, just like an old ball glove, you want to have somebody that uh, it just feels like a team. Last question, Mr. Mandela. Do you see racing as a sport picking up steam, or will we have a long road to hoe? Well, for the last 20 years, probably, I, I keep seeing things go downhill and having problems. And I keep saying to myself, this is just a correction, and it'll it'll come back stronger when it gets over it. Um, but it's amazed me how far this correction's gone. <laughs> and, you know, I, I still am optimistic and think that somebody uh, is probably going to come up with a very simple, quick cure and get it back on its feet. It It is too great of a game to not... Do very well in in uh, any part of the world. 
Agreed completely. If that person's out there listening, please take the uh, bullet train. I think a lot of people will pay your way right now. Well, Mr. Mandela, it has been an honor and a privilege to chat with you. And on behalf of Winning Ponies, we'd like to thank you for spending some time with us this evening. Best of luck on and off the track, and we'll be looking for you in the winter circle this weekend, sir. So thanks again, Dick, for all of your time. It's been my pleasure. Thank you, sir. That's been Mr. Dick Mandela, Hall of Fame horseman. Very nice guy, man of racing. I think you're going to see him have some real shots this weekend, and I think they might pay at some zinger prices if you see him combing his hair before he goes to the winner's circle. Well, time to head out to a break. When we return, a little news from racing, a little final, final furlong handicapping, but you only get it if you stay tuned with me here on Winnie Ponies. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just just think that the coach made a mistake. crazy. (laughs) NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of Horstradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. The Sports Mavericks Show redefines the elite athlete by bridging the gap between parents, athletes, and the community. Host Ida Moyer, a.k.a. the Oprah of Sports, brings to the Voice America Network original programming, balancing the pursuit of academic excellence and sports participation. The Sports Mavericks Show airs every Tuesday evening at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Listeners will be engaged in straightforward talk, spontaneous and unscripted by the experts. Ida and her guests will explore the challenges of success and failure in sports and will help athletes and their parents navigate the transition from high school, college, and then on to the pros. We put fun back into sports and recognize role models in sports through our Sports Mavericks All-Star Award Program. Tune in Tuesday evenings at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time with Ida Mouillet and the Sports Mavericks Show right here on The Voice. Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. And welcome back once again to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer. Hope you caught Dick Mandela. What a nice guy. He's a very cerebral horseman. Uh, he's got three in the big races. Uh, Linda Lou in the clocker's corner. Time goes by in the Kilro Mile and Setsuko in the Santa Anita Handicap. Only $750,000 up for grabs. Good luck to you, Mr. Mandela. I'm telling you what, there's some heady competition. Speaking of such, 
it is addressed in our new segment here, and it's in the bloodhorse.com. And this is Mr. Steve Haskins' uh, top 12 here in the in no particular order, but uh, because it's ever changing every every single week. Number one right now is Uncle Mo, uh, trained by Todd Pletcher. Two is dialed in Nick Zito, Soldat, who was impressive with by for Kieran McLaughlin, and uh, with honor and serve uh, folding early, but I don't think that was his best effort just yet. But Soldat is number three, Mucho Macho Man for Kathy Ridvo. To honor and serve Billy Mott, he is quite a horseman. Stay Thirsty, Todd Bletcher made a $500,000 pinhook snatch here. Stay Thirsty is going to quench your thirst for a half a million bucks. Brethren, Todd Bletcher again, I'm telling you what, he's coming loaded. Jay Cito, Bob Baffert, and uh, I think Baffert can get the best out of Jay Cito. Ran a little erratic in the Breeders' Cup. Astrology, Steve Asmussen, Santiva. This is a, a personal favorite of mine. Eddie Keneally is a trainer for a young horse. He's already on his third trainer already, but he's been remarkably consistent and just goes out there and does his thing. I like Santiva. Mikey Smithra, a big, big race that last time out in the Risen Star. 11 is Gourmet Dinner. Steve Standridge uh, is the conditioner. Rogue Romance, Kenny McPeak. And then a little bonus for you. Toby's Corner, trained by Graham Motion. Yep, the Gotham is coming up, and uh, I think Toby's Corner is going to pop right in there. And uh, I say Mr. Haskin might have some... Some very nice runners indeed there. And also on his uh, dis and dad for the uh, Kentucky Derby Trail. And, uh, you know, he's really impressed with gourmet dinner, proving himself to be more than just meat and potatoes. And uh, he goes out there and runs big every time, never stops trying. The son of Trippy. And, and, you know, I do agree with that one. And here's another one that actually caught a lot of money for me, and that was Don't Toss Out the Fourth Place Finisher. Bowman's Causeway just yet. The track played against his style of running, and he was just reaching contention after the passing the 3 ace pole when he ran right up behind a tiring Shackleford and was forced to steady. I did see this, but not to such a big degree, but he saw it a whole lot better, and thank goodness for that, because I like Bowman's Causeway. And, you know, who knows what time will tell with that. I really like that one. Uh, dialed in, he said, looking for the right number, and says, before we get to other three-year-old races on the weekend, a word about dialed in. We'll make it short and sweet. The son of mine, Shaft, needed time as a two-year-old to get some uh, problems healed, but now needs something else. And that's two races before the Derby, pure and simple. So, uh I'm not going to question Nick Zito. <laughs> Who am I? Because uh, I think dialed in was ultra impressive. Flash Lightning is Flashpoint last weekend, and Petrie Stable uh, coming off of a brilliant romp in a six furlong maiden allowance at Aqueduct ran some of the fastest thrills in the country off of their feet in the Hutchinson. It looked like a beast. Flashpoint was very nice. Three to five traveling man uh, dropped the ball a little bit, but you know what? That does happen. Does happen quite a bit, and uh, you know what? Sometimes. It happens to all of us. Now, that's what we're going to try to see if we can overcome for this weekend here. we got some time here, and we're going to start with the fourth race of Santa Anita. I was talking to uh, Mr. Mandela, and uh, it's kind of got me with California on the mind. Let's start with uh, the Santa Anita Oaks. That is race number four at Santa Anita, mile and 16, $250,000 in this grade one affair. And in here, 
I like the three, and without the odds, uh, uh, California's always a little slow on the odds there. And Turbulent Descent, David Flores in the answer. Mike Pipey, uh, one for one in the money at Santa Anita. Uh, it is second start off of a layoff, was a beaten favorite last time out. But if you take a look, there was three straight wins, then rolled back with a second. I think Turbulent Descent. Just comes right out of the clouds and lands smoothly right to the winner's circle uh, on uh, on this Saturday. And the uh, Santa Anita Oaks looks to be just the right place. A three-year-old filly by congrats. This is her second time on the dirt. Uh, four wide at a three-ace pole. Made a big, big wide sweeping three-wide bid and was second best. Only bested by a length and a quarter. So I'm going to go turbulent descent in the Santa Anita Oaks. And then I go on to race number five. And the, the, the fifth race there, Mr. Mandela has Linda Lou in there. But I'm going to go with the eight. So I, I'm sure he's going to pay me a dollar for that one, staying off of his horse there. That's unzip me. Rafael Bejarano and Martin Jones teaming up together. Five starts in Santa Anita. Four of those are winners. Goes on the shelf as a winner, winning the Monrovia, a grade three event. Before, prior to that, ran in the Breeders' Cup turf sprint. I see Unzip Me just being a bear this weekend. Race number nine is the Frank E. Kilrow Mile. And and I'll tell you what, this, this one really had me scratching my noggin for quite some time. And I think once you really get into it, you will as well. That's if, you know, you really just want to find that valued horse that uh, maybe you can put on. If there is a favorite to be had there, so be it. But always try to strive and find the value in uh, what you can use for Exactus, Trifectus, Supervectus. In the ninth race at Santa Anita, the Kilroe Mile, it's $300,000. It's a grade one. It's a beautiful race. And Mr. Mandela has times gone by, but once again, I'm going to go another way, and I'm sure he's grateful. That is the two-fluke, Rafael Bejarano for Humberto Asanio. And uh, this is once trained by the late, great Robert Frankel, Bobby Frankel, uh, whose uh, last time in his name was November 27th of 09. This is the second start off of a layoff. Uh, five starts to Santa Anita, uh, two wins and two seconds. So that's four of five. That's, that's pretty impressive. So you got to like uh, Fluke. And then we go into race number 10 at Santa Anita. It's the big cap. It's the Santa Anita Handicap. And uh, $750,000 up for grabs is not chunk change. Uh, Mr. Mandela has set Suko in here, and uh, you know I kept coming back to, I kept coming back to the five, and that is twirling candy. It's it's hard to really put this one down, you know, for me. It's a four-year colt by Candy Ride, two for two at Santa Anita, third off of the layoff where John Sadler wins 29% of the time. It was an incredible favorite, pulled early hand ride down the lane. The numbers are just screaming for this four-year-old cult. Uh, Joel Rosario in the iron seems to really take to the dirt. Uh, I, I see twirling candy being that uh, being that key in your action. So that wraps up that wraps up all of uh, what I liked at Santa Anita this weekend. And then I, you know, I, I kind of ventured down to Gulfstream and 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 I, I found a couple of earlier races that may be something to take a look at. And let's start with race number seven. It's a mile and a turf race. It's a maiden turf race. And in here, I, I like a runner, and you have to go far to the outside, and that's going to be number 11, and that's going to be Casino Host, J.J. Castellano for Chad Brown. Chad Brown winning 26% down in South Florida. 
Take a look at these two races. They're just closing like crazy. Good kick at Aqueduct, going a mile and a 16th. In last time out, bump steadied, steadied first turn. Did everything wrong, but came flying and lost by a length and a half. Casino host out of the 11 hole should find no problem, especially with his running style, son of Dinah Former. And that is in the seventh race at Gulfstream. I like Casino host. And then I go on to the ninth race at Gulfstream. And uh, in here, this is not a stakes race. This is nothing to nothing to really wet your whistle, except for cashing uh, cashing maybe a a nice winning ticket. In this race here, I, I, I like one by the name of Kinner Garden Kid. It is it is the four horse in Rajiv Marah for Barkley Tag, an excellent uh, trainer in his own right. Uh, he's actually uh, out of a stakes winning mare who's uh, dropped two turf winners, four starts, two winners overall. Very nice indeed. Ran in the Colonial Turf Cup to a runner in 10, 2010 that is, by the name of Patty O'Prado. Patty O'Prado. This is a real nice cold here. Kindergarten Ken Rajiv Marah. I think they deserve a little respect uh, right before the races start getting good. I, I, I fell in love with this guy a long time ago. He's a 34% in the money turf uh, turf rider, and that's really impressive. And the trainer is a 31% uh, trainer with blinkers off, and the blinkers are coming off here. Now, it's been June 19, 2010, been solid working patterns. Barkley Tag does not bring them if they are not ready. Race number 10 at Gulfstream Park. And in this race here, I, this is the Honey Fox. It's one mile on the weeds. And, you know, quite a nice little race here. It's a grade three event for $100,000. And it just seems like Gulfstream is just never Never at a loss for for just having some quality top runners. In this 10th race at Gulfstream Park, I like the 8, and that is Never Retreat. Now, if you get to looking at Never Retreat, you're going to say, well, you know, Chris Block once again, Julian Lepreau once again. Ed, you must love both of these guys. Well, actually, I do. This is a six-year-old mare by Smart Strike. It was a $400,000, uh, $410,000 uh, July uh, sales purchase, three off the layoff, both are just screaming closing efforts and uh, ran second last race, third, uh, r- r- three back, uh, uh, ran third by just a length. Uh, Going to go from Carlos Marquez Jr. Ju- to Julian Lepreau, who's just an incredible turf runner, uh, a rider uh, in, in his own right. I, I can't say enough good about about this tandem here. I, it, but it, it's going to be a tough uh, tough heat there. Another one in there, trip for AJ, uh, really catches my eye. So you might want to bet him, box him, and get him on down. Race number 11, it's another maiden turf race at Gulfstream Park. And I know you're saying, what's up with all these maiden turfers? Well, you know what? They pay good money, too. Go out to the 10, Dean Allen's kitten, and you're going to see Chad Brown and Jose Lescano hooking up two two uh, starts at uh, Gulfstream Park, two in the money. This is what really kind of caught my eye for this four-year-old filly by Kitten's Joy for the Ramses. I mean, they just they just destroyed. I remember when Kitten's Joy ran on uh, Arlington Million Day in the undercard with one of the stakes. This filly here has seven starts on the turf, seven of those in the money, three seconds, four-thirds was a beaten favorite last time out, November 14th at Aqueduct. High percentage trainer Chad Brown, 26% of the time. He's 57% in the money with his turf runners, and uh, Les Cano is a 40%, 46% 
in the money trainer over the weeds. So you got to like the numbers. They say they don't lie. We shall soon find out. Then we go to Aqueduct, and then we're going to go to race number four, the Freddy Capicella, $65,000 as they go six panels in here. And I like the four, Sensational Slam. There's a lot of speed in here. Sensational Slam, Ramon Domingos and Pletcher, they're teaming up. Three starts, two of which are winning efforts. Throw out the last race of one anticipation, a grade three event. It ran against Soldat and got beat uh, by 21 links. Uh, I see Sensational Slam just coming and rolling and really taking to the inner track. A lot of poly uh, runners at Woodbine are really taking to the inner track, and uh, Dominguez, he definitely knows his way to the winner's circle. The fifth race, the Tom Fool, uh, in, in uh, you know, this race had me scratching my head, then all of a sudden it just said, you know, I think you're just going to have to take the favorite and like it, and that would be, Calabrosha, the six horse here. And, and in this race, Ramon Dominguez and Pletcher, they team up again. Two starts at Aqueduct, two wins. I think it's ultra important exiting out of a win in the grade three toboggan. Race number 10 is the grade three Gotham Stakes. It's a mile and a 16th. It's a, it's a grade three. It's for three-year-olds. And, you know, it's about this time when you start saying, wow, the, you know, we are really flying for, for Derby 137 here. And the Gotham, for me, is one of those telltales of each and every week when you start seeing these races click by that, uh, you know, you're going to find a new runner. And in here, I found a runner that I think that that has to be respected. It was mentioned on Steve Haskins' uh, Top 12 and it's actually mentioned in my weekly, uh, my weekly voice right here, right now, and that'd be the Fort Toby's Corner. And I think Toby's Corner is going to be ultra tough in this race. If, if you actually take a look at this three-year-old Colt by Bellamy Road, one for one at Aqueduct, wins the Whirlway in impressive fashion. Went back and took a look at it. Eased back four wide at the three-eighths pole, was driving like mad on a sealed muddy track. The other wins was a win by length and a quarter, wins by ten and three parts in the first time out at Delaware Park. They were only going six panels, had a nice work and a nice uh, ni- nice uh, race under his uh, his belt. This three-year-old Colt by Bellamy Road really looks good to me. And then we go to Turfway Park, and uh, Turfway Park's always a always a haven uh, for uh, for some for some nice runners in the Battaglia. And it's the John Battaglia Memorial Mile on the 16th, the ninth race at Turfway Park. And I'm going to go to the six. That's positive response. Julian Couton in the arms for William Moray, and they've had seven starts, four wins, and two-thirds, so that's six for seven in the money. You definitely got to like that. So it's positive response in the ninth race at Turfway Park, the Battaglia Memorial. Well, time flies when you're talking thoroughbred racing. This week is no different. Winning Ponies would like to thank Mr. Richard Mandela for taking time to be with us and you for listening in. So until next week, when our special guest will be the one, the only, and one of the best people to sip on horseback, Mr. Pat Day will be joining us. So enjoy the weekend, and as always, may your winners be many and your photos be few. Good luck and good night, everyone. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. 
The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.